This is Tuesday, January 25th, and we're continuing this week looking at a teaching from Ecclesiastes. It was a heartbreaking turn of events in 1984. A pickup truck was abandoned in a neighborhood in Mexico just across the border from El Paso, Texas. Kids played on the truck for some time before it was discovered that that truck had been carrying a medical device that used cobalt-60, a highly radioactive isotope used in medical equipment that's, that's used to make images. Now, that device had been taken apart on that truck, and pellets had contaminated every, the truck and everyone that touched it. Many people were exposed, and some even received fatal doses in the process. And, of course, the problem was that they couldn't see the danger they were in. That radioactivity can't be seen with the eye. But think of the devastation and the loss of life. Now, I know that's a frightening tale to hear as we're beginning our study today, but I share it because this is the way Scripture talks about the power of money. Like medical equipment, it could be used to save lives or it could end up destroying lives. And we don't much believe this about money. Here's our text for today. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? Ecclesiastes 5.10-11 Now it is true, financial resources can be an amazing blessing. They can be used to accomplish many good things in the world. I think of this each January. Our church, Granada, is closing the books on the year financially. And I'm always amazed at the sacrificial giving of our people. Now, now I don't know what individuals give. That's between them and God. But I see how much our church family has sacrificed to support ministry. I think about the resources used for children and youth. And those resources make it possible for sure to keep the lights on. But it's more than that. Those tithes and offerings help to cover rent payments when one of our members loses a job. Or medical treatments when resources have run out. Our deacons use those resources as a safety net for our people when tough time comes. I also see missionaries supported by Granada that serve across the globe, and some also serving in our own city. I see resources being used to find, fund new churches or used to train the next generation of pastors. Of course, they're resources used to worship and glorify God. And I also see a good use of resources in our families. I see parents sacrificing to send their children to better schools and opening the door to a better future for them. Of course, not all of our money is used wisely, but a lot of it is. And this is a gift of God and the good news about money. But as we read this section of Ecclesiastes, we're shocked to find so many warnings about money. I see warnings against loving money, living for money. I think our teacher is sharing these things because we need to have a more sober view of money. 
Yes, there's a dark side to money. Workers can be taken advantage of by employers who are greedy and don't really care about them. Resources can sit unused when there are desperate needs all around. We can keep many tunics in our closet, tunics we will never use, when others do not have a tunic at all. We think if we produce more, then everyone will be satisfied. But it seems like no one is ever fully satisfied. We can only think of more. So our teacher is trying to bring us down to earth. He's showing us how a love of money, well, doesn't lead to good things at all. We can be taken captive by the thing we are pursuing. And like that radioactive material that tainted that truck, we can't even see that this is happening or has already happened to us. And we can get a lethal dose of this stuff and it can drain our lives away. You remember how shocked Jesus' disciples were when he told them it would be easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven? Their question to Jesus was, Who then can be saved? You see, they asked this question because for the Jewish people they associated being rich with being blessed by God. And Jesus was trying to tell them that wealth can be the worst of traps. It can make you feel like you don't need God at all, like you can take care of yourself and you're self-made. But the truth is, it cannot keep you from getting sick or losing someone you love. It may be a help to you, and it may make your life easier in some ways, but it also may hurt you. Now, as we think about this, we think about Jesus, the Son of God, during his earthly life and ministry. He had no place to lay his head. He really had no riches to speak of in this world. But he had life and the love of his Father. And looking to him, we can find contentment wherever we may find ourselves on the economic scale. Let's pray together. Lord God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth belongs to you in the fullness thereof. Teach us your ways, how to look to you for all things. Forgive us for trusting our bank accounts more than we have trusted you. For we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.